Hey, I'm Dino Rizzo, and this is the Creative Sheep Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Creative Sheep Podcast, the podcast where we talk to people who are good at what they do to inspire leaders to get better. I'm your host, Jared Hogue, and I'm joined with my good friend who's smiling very strangely right now, Roman Johnson. Hey, everybody. It's great to be here on the Creative Sheep Podcast. Uh, Why did you have that smirk Because it's a beautiful day outside. It is. And I'm happy to be here with you recording this podcast. You're always happy. Hey, smiling's my favorite. (laughs) Hey, most of you may not know this, but of all the videos that we do and design work that we do, Roman actually has a standing desk uh, where he stands up to edit and, and design all the live long day. Guys, short plug for the standing desk. Uh, it's, it has revolutionized the way I do things. I know it's a trend, but it's a trend for a good reason, okay? Because when you sit down, your body says, hey, I don't need these legs. I'm going to shut down the muscles. So when I'm standing, man, I'm just engaged. It's good. That's incredible. And we do call not, me a weirdo if you want. Uh, you are a weirdo. I like uh, it. We do not sell these standing desks, so no. Uh, feel free to go find one on Amazon. I built mine for nine dollars with a few a few cinder blocks. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, today's podcast, if you didn't know, is brought to you by creativesheep.org. Roman, what are people going to find at creativesheep.org? That's, that's a great website. It's a great question. Uh, you're going to find uh, creative premium media for the church. Now, we got things like countdowns. We got things, uh, but not boring countdowns. No, no. man. Interactive, okay? You better the screen it. talks to you. It's super fun. Uh, we've got illustrations, uh, a number of videos, and graphic design, and series packs, which, Jared, you might want to take... 10 seconds and talk about the series packs. Hey, series packs are great. Everything you need to launch a new teaching series at your church, uh, video and graphic design wise, and it's super inexpensive. Plus, we've still got the promo going for uh, our podcast listeners. Enter the code podcast at checkout and you're going to get 50% off, half off, half off of a series pack. So go check those out at creativesheep.org. We've got a segment we're going to jump into right now called One Question, where we ask a question and answer it. It's pretty simple. So here is today's one question. One question, one question, it's time for one question. Roman, you know, on episode 16, we had Kerry Newhoff on the show. Yeah. And he, he was talking all about leading high-capacity volunteers. And you are a high-capacity volunteer. You, of course, run this business, Creative Sheep. Um, and you do not work full-time at a church. I do work full-time at a church, and so that's why I'm directing this question to you. Yeah, bring it on. And it's kind of a follow-up to the Karen Newhoff uh, podcast in that he talks a lot about how high-capacity volunteers are attracted to uh, high responsibility. Yeah. And you, as a volunteer here at Church on the Move, you lead a room in our elementary, so you are over a room uh, in the first through sixth grade environment. Additionally, you do some hosting, some acting, um, sketches and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you're a small group leader for 180, which is our student ministry here at the church. That is correct. And so, uh, I would, I would classify you in that high capacity volunteer category. And so would you say that you agree with what Carrie says and that being a high capacity person, you are attracted to the high responsibility, or do you feel it as more of a burden when the church asks you to do these things? I, I definitely don't uh, feel like it's a burden. It, it energizes me to be able to have a higher uh, amount of responsibility. 
Uh, I think if I were to just, um, you know, be told what to do and it's, it's super, I don't make any decisions. I'm just uh, kind of a lower level type role. I think that would be more of a burden to me than being able to be empowered to make decisions and uh, have a, a higher load of responsibility. So there you have it, folks. When you're recruiting volunteers, recruit high capacity people, give them high capacity responsibility, let them make some decisions, train them really well and let them run. It's a beautiful thing that happens. You end up with people like Roman Johnson, who's sitting across the table from me right now. <laughs> and that, folks, is today's one question. Question, one question, one, one, one question. Moving on, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to get to today's shameless plug. Shameless, plug, shame, shameless, shameless, plug, shameless, plug, shame, shameless, plug. Roman, today's shameless plug, of course, is brought to you by creativesheep.org. Mm. And we've got to talk about Christmas. I think we should. I love talking about Christmas. In fact, my wife just texted me and said they're playing Christmas music on the radio. Oh, I love that so Ladies much. Ladies and gentlemen, public service announcement. Go check out your local radio station. I don't know if you've seen this or not, but Target, Walmart, and any other store that you may go to also has the Little Debbie Christmas tree cakes. You're a big fan of the available. Christmas tree cakes. I shouldn't be, but um, I am. They are so delicious. I am a fan of... Uh, my intestinal tract is not a fan of Christmas tree cakes. <laughs> they will destroy you, but it's totally worth it. They are incredible. They are very delicious. I love the waxy coating that they oh, leave on your mouth. It's, it, is, it is amazing. And the, those sprinkles that they put on oh, there. Those, what are those made of? Love? And angel wings, I think. Yeah, that's kind of morbid. It's disgusting. Grinding up angel wings. Yeah, that's quite gross, actually. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. So uh, creativesheep.org, we've got all your Christmas needs. We've also got some Thanksgiving stuff out there for you, but we're mainly going to focus on Christmas. Uh, we've got the Santa Shuffle. Uh, the Santa Shuffle is very near and dear to my heart. It is. It's a fun. Uh, think of the Cha Cha Slide. Are you thinking of the Cha Cha Slide? I am. Everyone right now. know. Everyone knows what it is. Yeah. You know, it tells you how to dance. It tells you what to do. This is a Christmas kind of a Christmas take on that concept. So basically, it's a full song where there is dancing coached you're coached to dance throughout so you could play that hey you could even get up on stage and perform it with yeah. the video you know super fun super super fun and it's at a steal of a deal at 4.99 out on creativesheep.org plus we've got plenty of other christmas content out there for you a piece called the light which is all about jesus and why he came to this earth uh several others out there a couple of interactive countdowns we've got the christmas interactive countdown as well as the steve the screen christmas edition plenty of christmas content out there and a brand new piece brand new new uh that's going to be out there it's called what do you see what do you see so go check it out at creativesheep.org and that is today's shameless plug shameless plug shame shameless plug ladies and gentlemen we've got a real treat for you today not not a little debbie christmas tree cake treat <laughs> it's just the equivalently wonderful treat though yeah we have man i had the pleasure of interviewing dino rizzo the guy is just a machine. He started Healing Place Church, uh, did that for 12 years. He's now uh, over all of the serving and outreach at Church of the Highlands, Chris Hodges Church in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. And he's the executive director of ARC, the Association of Related Churches. They've planted over 500 churches, Roman. It's, uh, he, he seems to be a busy man. Very busy man. Travels and speaks. He's super funny. Yeah. Super funny. Yeah. I love hearing him speak. I, yeah. I got the opportunity to hear him out. He came to 180 yeah. and spoke and just had this had the students eating out of the palm of his hand and taught some really, really powerful stuff. It yeah. was cool. Yeah. So he talks all about growing your church through serving. It's a novel idea. It's wonderful. It is incredible. The way of the future. It is the way of the future. Uh, I think somebody talked about this previously. Yeah, he did. His name is Jesus. He talked about serving others. <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, 
uh, he uh, said, of course, uh, people will know that you're my disciple by how you love others. And that's what Dino Rizzo is all about. Wrote the book called Servolution. It's an amazing book. I'd encourage you to uh, pick that up. You can get it on Amazon. I believe that it's still out on uh, servolution.com. And uh, man, he's just got some really great stuff available for you. There's a Serve Day 2016 coming up in July uh, that he actually talks about and gives some more information about in our interview. But uh, just a just a really incredible way to uh, to grow your church and just to love on people, which is ultimately why we're here. That's why the church exists, is to love people. And so I think, Roman, without further ado, let's get to uh, the interview with Dino Rizzo. Pastor Dino, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, it's an honor to be here. Awesome. Uh, well, let's jump in here. Let, give us a little backstory. Uh, first off, how did you meet Jesus? When was that? Uh, how long have you been born again? I was not raised in church, and so I came to Christ when I was about 18 years old, uh, raised at a beach community, and actually was reached through outreach. A church did an outreach on the beach, went outside the walls of the church, and I found Christ uh, through that process. And so it's always kind of marked me to continue to think outreach, and I think that's one of the reasons why uh, I, I dream and, and think about reaching people that are outside of church. So that's kind of my story. 18 years old, found Christ. Very cool. Uh, family now? Oh, yeah, yeah. I've, got, I, I've been married 26 years to Delenn wow. Monique Rizzo. <laughs> and uh, she's That a, name sounds like it's got some attitude oh, behind it. Oh, does it? Little Cajun girl from Louisiana. <laughs> and then I've got a daughter who is a senior in college at LSU where they play amazing football. And then I've got a son who is a freshman in college at Southeast University. He's a football player. He's on a, on a football scholarship there. Play safety. He's a defensive back. I was never a skilled athlete, so I, <laughs> I can't identify with him. And then we have a baby, Isabella, since I'm Italian. We got to name one of them Italian name, Isabella Bella. So she's 15, <laughs> and she's uh, she's 14, and she's in the ninth grade there in, in Birmingham, where we live now. Very cool. Uh, now, you started Healing Place Church in Louisiana. Sure. And then now you are uh, associate pastor at Church of the Highlands uh -huh. in Birmingham. And you're also the executive director of ARC. Correct. Give Correct. us just a snapshot for those out there that maybe haven't heard of ARC, which I'm sure are few and far between, kind of what ARC is. Well, we, we planted, actually planted Healing Place in 1993. And Dylan and I pastored that for 20 years. And back in those days, when you planted a church, you didn't have any help. It just yeah. was... Go get it. And, yeah. and we actually planted our church on a Wednesday night, which I have no idea what we were thinking <laughs> and with a handful of people. And so we pastored that church. During that time, we started to get to know people who were wanting to plant churches. And we were helping them do this, this, that, giving them monthly support or buying them a sound system or helping them get off the ground. And a friend of mine, Billy Hornsby, who uh, was a great pastor, came and said, what if we came together? And he had been spending some time with Greg Surratt at Seacoast Church. So what if we came together and put our resources together to help others plant churches where they don't have to go through what we went through. Yeah. So that was the beginning of ARC uh, 15 years ago. And so myself, Greg Surratt, Billy Hornsby, and Scott Hornsby, we planted Chris Hodges and Rick Bezet, which Chris, Pastor Chris is Church of the Highlands. Yeah. Pastor Rick is New Life there in Arkansas. And we launched them 14 years ago. Oh, wow. they, were, they were ARC Church Plant One together. And so that's 14 years ago, be 15 years Oh, this year, we've planted since then 530 churches. Wow. So it's been pretty neat, the journey. And so three years ago, I stepped down from being the pastor of Healing Place and took a little time off and then relocated to Birmingham. We're just so honored that Pastor Chris asked us to come be a part of that. Yeah. So we get to serve underneath Pastor Chris, and we do oversee all the local outreach, which is cool at all of our 12 campuses. 
We still continue to do some things with Servolution and Serve Day. And then I also serve as executive director of ARC now. So it's a lot of fun right now, yeah. uh, our life, and get to travel and, and, and be a part of some of our friends, what they're doing. So these are exciting times to be planting churches and partnering with pastors. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Um, which, speaking of Servolution, uh, it's an incredible book you wrote. Uh, was it 99 you wrote that book? Uh, a little bit after. It was around 2005. Oh, okay. 2005 Whoa, was when we wrote off. it. Yeah. And then we released it a couple years ago. It was right after Katrina. Mm-hmm. So that kind of how you know it's a 10-year anniversary with Katrina. Oh, Anybody wow. from Louisiana, the Gulf Coast, that's still a big big thing, date that you remember. And so right after that, we released Servolution. So it's been out about seven, eight years. Yeah. And um, just it's just neat helping other churches have a heart for their community yeah. and take Christ outside the walls of their church and get creative. And so... Um, you know, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So with that, I, I, I love the book. I love the the talks that you've I've heard you do on this the the servolution and and the topic of serving. Um, but before we really jump into that, one of the one of the stories I love hearing you tell is the story of how you wanted to get in ministry and kind of the ringer that your pastor at the time put you through. Oh goodness! Um, <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, kind of walk us through that story and how you got started <laughs> in ministry. Well, I know this is the Creative Sheep podcast. He was a creative shepherd, and so uh, he. Uh, I just had a heart for for people and got saved and just loved being a part and so he I think he saw that but it was very raw it was very crazy and so he got me involved and everything I wanted to do he didn't let me do so I wanted to preach I wanted to be in front of people and I think you knew that really wasn't the road that wasn't how Jesus did things yeah and so you can see that all in John 13 that Jesus gives people a towel and he tells them to serve he doesn't give them a title so he understood that, but he was old school. So he put me through prayer meetings. I had to go to prayer meetings when I was 19 years old with a bunch of elderly women. That was crazy. <laughs> then he, he put a vacuum in my hand for about nine months, yeah. asked me to vacuum the church. I remember he told me, he said, if you miss one Saturday vacuuming from 9 to 11, don't come back to this church. Because he felt like if you didn't learn how to take care of the house, you can't lead the house. Yeah. And then uh, he taught me how to give. He taught me the power of generosity, of putting God first in our tithe and offerings. And when we get financially blessed or with our time, he taught me the value of putting God first. And then um, he knew I wanted to go to Bible school and I wanted to learn how to speak and lead and pastor and things like that. So he, he let me speak, but I thought he was going to let me speak on a Sunday. He didn't. He fooled me. And I, I started leading the 9, 10, 11 year old boys um, in, in Sunday school, which was brutal. So you got real creative quick when you're leading 9, 10, 11 year old boys in about an eight by eight room with oh, metal wow. chairs. And there is no creative department. <laughs> it is you and your Bible and yeah. Father Abraham. That's all you got going for you. <laughs> so that's kind of how my pastor took me through that. What I didn't know is he was teaching me the value of serving the least. Mm-hmm serving in secret, mm-hmm. serving in prayer, and serving in generosity. Yeah. That I would never be a good husband. I would never be a good dad. Uh, I would not be able to lead a church or lead a small group mm-hmm. or be on a staff if I didn't understand the power of serving, that the kingdom of God is all about serving. Yeah. Yeah, man, what an amazing story to get you where you are. And uh, really jumping in then here to the Servolution and and uh, three reasons you give of why we serve. Um well, it's number one, Jesus. Right. You know, he said that, you know, I have come to serve, mm-hmm. not to be served. Mm-hmm. I think it also, so number one, Christ did it. Number two, I think it bypasses people's 
uh, ability to debate or argue with you. When you serve somebody, it goes straight to the heart. Mm. People can't argue with people that are there caring for their family or they're cutting the grass of their mom or they're helping somebody out who's walked through something. Or so, the can of Coke story. Or yeah, the, you're giving out Coke. So I think it goes straight to the heart. It yeah. lets people know, hey, we don't want anything. Uh, we're not here. You know, I love what Pastor Chris, my pastor, says. You have to connect with people before you correct people, which mm. is phenomenal. Yeah. So I think it helps you connect with people. Yeah. Then I think the other thing is it helps you to have a heart and a love for your community. Mm-hmm. I think you have to love where God has you, whether you're a children's pastor or you're working with teens or you're in a marketplace or you're in a worship expression. I think you have to love where you're at and understand the pain and the problems of that community where you feel it. Serving helps you to understand what people are going through, what they're facing. Mm -hmm. And I think that gives you empathy and compassion, which is what Jesus wants from us Mm -hmm. so that we can truly minister to people. So that's, I think those are three reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, with that, you said that it, it really cuts to the heart and, and you have to you have to step in and really love what it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And if you could look back to when you were vacuuming the carpet, and I've heard you say before that he told you, if I don't, if I don't see lines in the carpet, yeah. I don't feel the Holy Ghost. Yeah, he was a particular man. <laughs> he, was, he was old school, but he just, there was a certain way he wanted it. Yeah. And, um, and again, I think he was teaching me the value of, of caring for God's house, yeah, uh, you know, picking up the trash, uh, being aware, being a noticer, yeah, not being so self-absorbed, not being so self-promoting, but realizing that we are there. I love what David said: "I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God, just to be able to be a doorkeeper." Just, I think we have to keep if we're going to be in, in church work, if we're going to be in whatever you would call ministry, Christian service. I think you have to keep a love and all about being a part. I think you you have to wake up realizing, I'm so grateful to be a part of this. I am so thankful. I don't think God wants us to have some complaining. We don't want to be here. I, I tell the guys at ARC, I tell our team at ARC, you need to feel like this is the greatest place on the planet to be. And, and this you wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's important. So, you know, I think that helps you. I think he was trying to develop that in me, a value and an appreciation to be able to serve the least of these, mm-hmm. as Jesus talked about. Yeah. And for some of our listeners out there, especially with the nature of what we do and mm-hmm. um, providing video and graphic design and things of that nature, it can be easy to almost get wrapped up over in this side of things as opposed to focusing on the serving. And I know that you talked about when you first started your church, like you said, you didn't have a creative department. You didn't have all these people and so you had to get creative and to go get involved in people's world. What were some of the things that you did uh, back then th- and down through the years even? Now you're saying yeah. you're still over outreach at, at Highlands. Yeah. What are some things that you guys do now? What are some of the early things you guys did? Um, just super practical things that folks out there with not much of a budget, but hey, we want to get involved in our community. What are some of those real simple things that they can do? Well, it all translates, whether it was 20 years ago or now. And I wish when we planted our church, there was there was what you guys do. I wish there was creative sheep, because I'm going to tell you right now, <laughs> it would have made things a whole lot easier. So thank God the world we live in today you can't plant a church, and we teach our planters this. You can plant a church and be really involved with some cool things. Yeah. And so I think that's neat. But, um, you know, we just we just tried to figure out what was going on in our community. And I think we had two different uh, streams. We did things directly. You know, we did a free garage sale. 
uh, where we invited people in. We did car washes. We did coat giveaways. Uh, we do this now at our Birmingham Dream Center. We go to laundromats, pay for people's laundromats. We find ways to serve oh, wow. where you get involved and you just do little random acts of kindness. You know, some of that. The other thing we did is we got involved with things that were happening in the community where we could partner. We were a small church. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of people. We didn't even have much of a strategy. So we would come alongside of things that were going on in our community that were bigger than we were, like a cancer relay, uh, like you know where they were doing uh, projects, uh, rebuilding a park or beautifying an area, or maybe there was a group that was helping build a wheelchair ramp for a widow. Mm. We would come alongside of that, and we would partner with them and take care of things that maybe were on the list. I remember one of the first things we did was we went to the cancer relay right race that they do every year and these things still go on and we said what can we do and they said we never have anybody pick up trash said i got that we'll be the best ones you got so we put on our shirts and had a little serve shirt on like what like you see so many today went out there and picked up trash kept that place clean and 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 gave it our best went the second mile and what happened was they noticed it Hmm. and we hauled the trash off we didn't we didn't go you know we didn't leave it there we took it away the next year, they invited us to the table to actually talk about the event. Three to five years later, I'll never forget standing up in front of about five or 6,000 people, giving the, the, the invocation at the beginning, giving a, a prayer, being able to talk a little bit about our church. Now we were helping to lead it. It would have wow. never happened if we would just wanted to lead. We came to serve, and because we were excellent and because we were efficient, it gave us a voice for something else. So I think a lot of times for churches, partnering in your community and doing things like that, I think is so because then it doesn't take a lot of people or a lot of money. So we teach a lot of churches that we do a thing now called Serve Day. Mm-hmm. So kind of Servolution is a heartbeat. Serve Day is something practical. So even this year on July the 16th, uh, 16th, so 7, 16, 16, hmm. it's going to be our National Serve Day. Last year, we had 135 churches that participated. In Servolution, we had seven to 800 churches doing stuff year-round. And so we believe in that that's going to continue to do. And a Serve Day is an event, is a day that hopefully creates culture in your church where then you begin to repeat serve opportunities. And so it's a day where churches go out, they clean, they make better, they partner, they get creative ways to reach their community. And we have so many resources on our Serve Day page that you, you know, 100 ideas that you can do and anybody can do. A lot of times it's through small groups or through college. So it is an exciting time to be living for Christ, sharing the practical love of God. Yeah. So do you see in these serve days and through the servolution that it's, you're not only impacting your community, but you're actually creating cohesiveness within your church? Oh, yeah. doing this stuff? Yeah, yeah. And you're identifying leaders. Yeah. And you're, you're setting a culture where someone goes out and says, wow, this was not that hard. Mm-hmm. Hey, we cleaned up an, a lot that's been littered. We cut the grass. We got it straight. We went in and we painted a park that has really been tore up. We came alongside of a, of a shelter, of a halfway house, and we did something for them. We put on a party at a nursing home. We went down to our soup kitchen, our food bank, and we worked hard. We can do this once a month. Mm. So that's the idea of a serve day is it's a day event that helps you connect to other things where people can get creative and, and through small groups or either through other type ministries, you can begin to do this as a culture of your church. Yeah. 
you know, when it comes to being a leader, um, and and this wasn't even something I had on the script here, but just when it comes to... Oh, we're going off script. I know, a little... Here we go. It's getting ready to get crazy up in here. <laughs> but just with, with, uh, with leading... I think a lot of times, especially in the marketplace, that's that's where I've come from is is working in the marketplace. Sure. And a lot of people view the leader as they're the person cracking the whip. They're the person saying, you do this, you do this, you do this. But it seems like the the kind of the merger between serving and leadership, how, how have you found the balance between the two here? Or maybe not even balance, but just ser- being a servant and while being a leader. Yeah. Well, the good thing is I think we're living in days where it's not either or, it's both and. Mm-hmm. And so God wants us to excel in our gifts, our talents, but at the same time, excel for purpose. So Jesus said, the greatest among you is he that serves. And I believe that uh, true leaders are great servants. It, it doesn't mean that I'm not going to, I'm, I'm relegating my decision making. I'm relegating uh, the excellence that I need to bring to an organization but what it means is I'm there to believe in people. I'm there to bring out greatness in other people. I'm there to see them excel. I'm, I'm there to make sure the team is pulling together so that we're pursuing a goal. And we're doing court, and I'm looking for course correction. And even within art, we've got a great president, Greg Surratt, who sets the course with some lead team guys. So what I get to do is make sure we're doing that. So you know, our, our vision, our heart, the DNA, the culture, uh, is exciting, it's positive, it's for people, it's doing everything we can to champion the cause of church planters. But at the same time, we're trying to help them make good decisions financially mm-hmm. and to work their calendar and to build their team and to ask good questions and to get their location. So it is a, it is a, I think you do it together. It is serving and it is leading. And I think that's what Jesus taught. And I think you see that even in the marketplace today. The day of, hey, I'm the chief. Mm-hmm. You guys check it all out. No one is attracted to that. It's, it's, it's almost a little nauseating today. Yeah. You just don't want to be around that. And, and you see great leaders uh, in our day-to-day that have made that shift or that are, are really embracing that. Man, that's really good. Uh, one of the things you talk about with serving, and you talk about the ripple effect. Mm-hmm. of serving. Talk about that for just a second. Well, I think that it, it, it is. I mean, you can serve someone in, in this moment that all of a sudden, three years later, it's making an eternal impact on their life. You can serve a child that blesses a family. I don't, we, we started, our first thing we ever did when I pastored Healing Place, and we're doing this even now in, in Birmingham at, at our campuses there at Church of the Highlands, is care for widows. Hmm. That's just in the Bible. That's an yeah. Somebody will ask me, how do I begin serving the community? I always say, well, first thing is cover the ones that the Bible talks about. Try to take care of some widows. Try to take care of some orphans. Try to get involved with foster care. Try to get involved with kids. Maybe they're at-risk schools. There are some good old practical ones that God just blesses. So our first thing we did is I remember we were pastoring, goodness, about a month or two. and One, but about 20 people there. I did all my you know, churchy duties in about a day. And I was cutting grass with a buddy and I'd have a couple of days. And we, I found out there was a widow in our church. And I said, well, I'm going to go by and see her and brought her some flowers. I think I spent $6 at a grocery, bought them grocery store bouquets. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Got them, them, them ones that were like three days old, you know, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. didn't have no money. And I brought them over there. So I brought you some flowers. Just wanted to come sit with you, pray with you, talk to you. 
And I did that for about three months, just periodically go by and see her. She, her husband had passed away. She, then she found, told me there were some things she needed down around the house. We started doing it. Well, after about the ninth visit, she finally looked at me and said, you know, Pastor, I love sitting here talking to you, but I ain't got nothing else to talk to you about. And I don't need no more flowers. But I have six widow friends and no one's going to see them. Would you go see them? That kicked off our widow's ministry. Wow. And out of that, I think there was one time we were ministering to about 180 widows uh, in a monthly basis. Mm. Well, widows have children. They have grandkids. They have people around them. And so when we reached their mom, so many times their families would be at our church or would show up at a small group. So there is a change. You never know that you never know the impact you're going to make. Mm-hmm. You never know the eternity you're, you're going to impact. Who would have ever thought when that church did an outreach in Myrtle Beach, June 1982, that I would be sitting here, gosh, a hundred years later, <laughs> I feel that way, giving a podcast about outreach. Mm-hmm. You know, people listening to this and and all the people you're reaching through Creative Sheep. Well, it happened because that church was faithful and did an outreach. Yeah. In turn, reached me. You know why? Because Jesus reaches us to reach us uh, to reach others. He reaches to us to reach through us. And when he once he gets us, he reaches beyond us. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the kingdom works. Man, that's really good. Uh, one of the things you said is never underestimate what you can give. Yeah. And I love what you just talked about there with the widow. Sure. And that it may have seemed like such a small thing at the time, maybe. Yeah. Well, and she, I bet she didn't know her impact when she referred or referenced me to some others. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think we downplay what we have, mm-hmm. and we always, you know, we, we underemphasize what we have. We overemphasize what we don't have. Yeah. And I love what Brian Houston says that, you know, what's in your hand. He does a great talk on what's in your hand, mm-hmm. that if God's put something in your hand that it's for purpose, and I think... So often, I have people all the time stop and say, where do I begin to serve? How do we get our church service? Well, what do you have in your hand? What do you got? Well, we got a bunch of contractors. Okay, let's start there. Hmm. Well, we have a bunch of college students. Okay, let's start there. Well, we have a bunch of different, uh, maybe uh, immigrants that are moving in town. And Okay, let's start there. You know, we, we, have, we have challenges in our community with, with, you know, illiteracy. Or we've got a bunch of kids in our community that their, their, their dads are incarcerated. Well, let's start there. And so I think it is. Sometimes it's very obvious. But just start with what you have. Yeah, I think outreach is more obvious than we think it is. Yeah. A lot of times it's standing in front of us. Huh. It's really good. What would you say about, uh, I would imagine this all starts in the home, right? I mean, serving your family? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. You got to, you can't, you know, you can't be something that, that you're not at home. So it, I always say it begins in the heart, our heart being towards Christ. Uh, and then it begins in the home. And then it begins, you know, in the community. And it, you know, really begins in the church after that. So it could go heart, home, the house of God, and then, you know, out to the people. So for the for the church that's listening and they're saying, okay, I'm, I'm fired up now, I want to go serve. Um, and I know you just said start with what you have, but just some real practical stuff. What What's a couple of tips you'd give someone that's saying, hey, I want to go do this, I, I want to serve. What do I, where do I, what do I do? Well, there's great resources. I mean, the, one of the greatest books ever written on it is Steve Socher's book, Conspiracy of Kindness. My goodness, mm. it's got like 8,000 ideas in there. He wrote it 30 <laughs> years ago. Mm. Uh, great pastor of a vineyard church in, in Cincinnati, and he helps coach churches. Now he lives in California. Um, I think our our website, Serve Day 16, 
Uh, you can go on Highlands website, Church of the Highlands. So there are websites, there are books out there, there are tools out there. What Matthew Barnett does at the LA Dream mm-hmm. Center, a lot of times you see something like that. You were so big. No, it can be scaled. Mm-hmm. Any type of outreach can be scaled. And so, I, and then I think you have to begin. So it's look around. You know, be honest with you. For years, I just read the paper, and I looked at problems in our community. Oh wow! And uh, I can remember one morning getting up. And on the 6 o'clock news early in the morning, there had been a, a, a home that had burned down. And I remember out in front of it was this poor lady and her family, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do. I, I dropped my kids off of school and drove over there. Mm. And they happened to still be there, fire trucks leaving, you know, and I just happened to talk to them. They were going to, Red Cross was putting them up in a hotel. They were trying to figure things out. I just called some people and said, let's help this family. What do you need? And I think we went to Walmart and bought them a few things and ended up communicating with them and, you know, just helping them in that time of need. The other thing, too, is painfully so. There's a lot of disasters. What's happening in the South Carolina floods, what you Mm -hmm. see go on with tornadoes, Mm -hmm. what goes on with, you know, the tragedy of school shootings. Mm -hmm. A lot of times those are moments for the body of Christ to step up. I remember when we had that tragedy in Charleston where that young man went into that church. and So horrible that was, you know, immediately Seacoast Church helping to organize other great churches. Um, there's just a lot of tension and a lot of pain in our country. I don't think it's hard to find it. Mm-hmm. I just think we've got to make intentional steps and kind of go for it. We don't have to have all the answers. Yeah. I don't even think we have to carry the whole load, but we can put our shoulder under one of the corners yeah. and help carry the pain and problems of people. I love that. One of the threads that kind of runs through our podcast is our executive pastor, Whit George, talks a lot about keeping your radar up. And he's talking yeah. specifically when it comes to creativity of always looking for that thing. And you're saying the same thing when it comes to serving. It's just exactly. always having your eyes open. You got to be a great noticer. That's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a phrase we use a lot with Servolution and Serve Day. Even at Highlands with our Serve Day leaders, yeah. um, we meet and we say, notice, just look around. Notice, ride down the road, stop at the store. Workout, school, college campus, on and on. You will notice something mm-hmm. that doesn't look right. You know, that shouldn't be that way. Yeah. I think that's a great way to stop. What shouldn't be that? That, per- that person shouldn't be do- bearing that alone. Yeah. That person shouldn't be dealing with that. Mm-hmm. That person shouldn't be having that problem. Mm-hmm. So I think when we see things that shouldn't be that way, God is prompting our heart to then respond. Again, we don't have all the answers. We don't have all the money. But I think we can do something. What I, I, it, you know, it's the excuse of because the problem is so big, it paralyzes us. Yep. Therefore, we don't want to do nothing. You know, but we can do something. I love when you hear stories about high school students or middle school students that all of a sudden respond to a need. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a child has an idea. He raises money. He helps a family that's in a tough situation. Yeah. A high school kid sees something that shouldn't be that way. All of a sudden, he gets his family and gets some friends together, and they go over there, and they, 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 they respond to that need. Mm-hmm. I love when you see stuff like that yeah. that are organic, that are just out of someone's heart because they think, well, let's just try something. Yeah, yeah. And one of the things I love that you said there is that sometimes things can seem so overwhelming. We don't have all the money. We don't have all the whatever, the resources that is. But when 9-11 happened, you guys reacted sure. pretty quickly on that, didn't yeah. you? Well, we just found something to do. Yeah. We found a, a church in New York. Uh, we found a, a need, and we went up there and began to meet that need through that church. Mm-hmm. Uh, they started, it was an interesting thing, they started counseling the workers who were at the tower rescuing 
and uh, bringing relief in the in the actual tower. So oh, wow. when those workers would leave, they would go to this church. It was right there by, by the World Trade Center. They would eat, and then they just started serving them. Hmm. And so for about three or four years, we gave and resourced that group. It eventually became a, a, a counseling center for those that experienced trauma through those tragedies at 9-11. But it is true. I, even with Church of the Highlands and like Church of the Move and other great churches, I mean, Church of Highlands is a huge church. We've got 12 campuses. Right. A lot of people yeah. go there. We are blessed financially. We are led by a very generous pastor. Pastor Chris is very generous. But we can't meet all the needs. Mm-hmm. It's they're overwhelming. But we can do something. So we find some targets. Like at our Birmingham Dream Center, we partner with middle schools that are, that are in trouble or that are challenged with their budget or are at risk. And we go in and help mentor in middle schools. We can't mentor at every school, mm-hmm. but we found some mi- middle schools because we feel like that's a targeted age for us. Mm. So out of about 30 schools in the Birmingham City uh, District, we're in about 11 of them, and we're mentoring. So that's something important. We have a, we, we, we have a dream center, but because the dream center is in one location, we just located through the generosity of the Church Island people a, a mobile dream center truck. Mm-hmm. So now we're going into different neighborhoods and we're doing just old school neighborhood Bibles. It's Sunday school on sidewalks. It hmm. is just old school, but we're connecting with kids. We're connecting with families. We're consistent. Yeah. And so we're doing something uh-huh. and anybody can do something. Um, when you say you're mentoring middle schoolers, what, what does that look like? Well, that's through small groups. And so we go in and partner with the school. We find mm-hmm. out what their needs are. Mm-hmm. Maybe their need is they don't have the money for basketball uniforms. Mm. So we're going to buy basketball uniforms. Maybe they don't have coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've got kids that are doing after-school programs, and they don't have snacks for them. Mm-hmm. Maybe we go in, and I think one of the coolest things we're doing right now, we provide homeroom mothers for classes that don't have homeroom mothers. Wow. A lot of those moms are working. They've got two jobs. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, some of those precious kids are being raised by their grandparents. Mm-hmm. So we come alongside and we, a whole small group adopts a classroom and brings the love of Jesus and brings them all the bells and whistles that they should have. Just because it's an inner city school doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a Christmas party yeah. or they shouldn't have a Thanksgiving party mm-hmm. or they shouldn't do something at Valentine's. And a lot of those schools, because of budget cuts, they don't have resources. So we go in and we provide those resources so that they can have the experience. Well, when you do that, you serve that teacher, you serve that administration. Administration, you have access. Mm-hmm. And and you know, people say, "Well, can you? What about separation of church and state and all those things?" We abide by all those rules. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, wherever I go, Jesus goes with me. So the love of God is going to be shed abroad just through my smile, through my words, through my touch, through my care. So that's, that's some of the ways we're mentoring. One of the greatest things a church can do or a person is you go to a city leader, you go to a police officer, you go to a councilman, you go to an administrator and say, what can we do for you? Hmm. And it could be as little as we're having a hard time keeping the weeds off the baseball fence. I got that. Mm-hmm. You'll never again have to sigh over weeds on the <laughs> baseball field. We're going to handle that for you. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's really that simple. Man, that's so good. You're, t- you're talking about some really big stuff you've done from 9-11. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, you guys provided relief at Katrina, didn't you? Yeah, we were, we were thank God for, for great partner churches. Mm-hmm. Churches partnered with us from all over the country. And uh, ministries like Joyce Myers, mm. 
who came alongside of us. Oh my goodness, we would not have made it through Katrina without Mama Joyce and, 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 her, and her, her family. Um, but we became just a gathering point, and we, we coordinated about 400 churches in South Louisiana, wow. and we became a distribution point along with some other great churches. And um, we just tried to love on people. I mean, you'd wake up some days and there'd be 3,000 people in your parking lot oh my needing food, needing direction. Got to understand, people all of a sudden just grabbed their stuff and left. Hmm. So they didn't have their medicine. They didn't have their prescriptions. They didn't have their ID. They didn't have a lot of things that they would need. Mm-hmm. And so we, through some great doctors and some of the services that the city provides, we just became somewhat of a of a hub of that on our property. We had a big piece of property. So we learned a lot about ministering to people and ministering to people with mental health challenges. And then we, we sheltered, mm-hmm. um, goodness, I don't know, four or 500 in our church, one of our campuses, two of our campuses. And let me tell you something, you better, you better love people if they're going to live in the church because that's another whole level of love when people live up in the church house. <laughs> wow. So, I mean, we're talking big stuff here. Katrina, 9-11, but then you're also talking about going and visiting with one grandma. Yeah, all, but you only reach the world by serving one. Yeah. And the integrity of, of your global ministry, your, the, the breadth of your ministry is in the integrity of how you care for a person who shows up on a Sunday and has had the worst week of their life. It, it always boils down. It just boils down to caring for people and, and, and thinking about what they're going through. And, you know, people are, people are, I mean, I've been through some tough things or I've, you know, every, you go through things in life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you experience the worst mm-hmm. and, um, and we're not real prepared for the worst. And I think as a church, we have to be prepared to help people when the worst thing happens. Mm-hmm. Cause about most of the time, the worst thing does happen. And so, and I think that boils down to caring for people, listening, loving, and not just doing that, but then directing them. And this is super important, directing them to Christ. Mm. So I always say we serve solution, serve day, practical ways. It's all for the cause of Christ. I would not do this for humanitarian sake. Yeah. I'm not doing this for justice sake. Yeah. I'm doing this for eternity's sake. For the cause of Christ, I believe in eternity. I believe that people die lost without God, and so. But I also believe that my love and my serve can make a difference, mm-hmm. because I want them to meet Christ. I want them to know Jesus. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, that is what I'm believing is going to happen through a lot of different ways, and I think we do get caught up. And and we've, I've been in all these conversations for about 20 years because we were a church, and I'm still kind of known as as a guy who has these conversations. Fortunately, and so, you know, I always say, you know, hey, I love everything, man. I'm, I, I want to reach people. I want to help. But at the end of the day, it, you, you got to get people to Christ. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want them to die better, but without God, mm-hmm. then that's not, that's not a win totally. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to see them know Jesus so that they can go to heaven, ultimately. So that's just my, that's my soapbox <laughs> at Creative Sheep. <laughs> So do you do that then by pointing them back to the church? Always. You, it's always back to yeah, the church. Back to the church, back to the Bible, mm-hmm. prayer. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I have, I have very seldom run into the person who doesn't want prayer. Mm. Very seldom have I run into the person who says, hey, listen, can I just pray with you? Yeah. Or can I pray? Can I pray? The other day I was in a, a store and um, it was frazzled. It was a store called Forever 21. Uh-huh. Guys, uh-huh. eat your Wheaties when you roll up in there. <laughs> Because there's a zillion shirts for $3. Yep. 
And uh, and so I was in there, and my wife had I was loading up stuff. Daughters roll out, leave me. I'm checking out, and you could tell one of the there was a lot of people going on. There's a guy behind me pushing me, nudging me. He was in a hurry, so I'm finally get to the checkout counter, and this lady, this girl, she just looks so disturbed, so distracted. I've been there before, and uh, I don't know what's happening in her life. So I said, "Are you okay?" And she looked at me. She said, "I'm having the worst day of my life." And um, and I just paused and said, "Wow, uh, I don't even begin to know what that is. I have no idea what you're going through. I'm not going to assume. I know your pain, mm. but but I do know that you know God loves you and He cares about you." And you know, we we said a few things, and so this guy's rushing me like you know he, he can tell I'm talking to her. He's a small little guy. I mean, I'm a big dude. I'm like six eight, you know, something like that. And I think I'm six eight. But anyway, he's a little short guy. So finally, I, I tell the lady, I said, "Listen," because I couldn't pray with her right there. That would right. be inappropriate at that moment. So I said, "I'm going to go stand down at the end of the counter, and I'm going to say a prayer for you." So when you look down there, I'm a big old guy. You can't miss me. I'm going to be standing there. And I'm going to pray for you. Hmm. Just know that God cares about you. And she said, "Thank you." And so he finally, I heard him kind of smirk about prayer. I was like, my man, you better get up off me. I'm, I'll be praying all upside your head. Don't, don't be crowd the big man. I mean, brother needs some space. So I don't care what he, I don't know you. Who, yeah. You don't know me. I'll go pray where I want to pray. Yeah. I'm a grown man. And so I went down there and prayed for her. You say, what, you know, what did that do? I don't know, but I think God can use it. So, you know, you're just looking for an opportunity to help people. Yeah. You know. Would you say then with all of this, big or small, just start. Just do yeah, that's something. Great, great advice. Just do something. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Just find something. Find, you know, was it find a need and meet it? Mm-hmm. Find a hurt and heal it. You know, just old school. Try to try to make a difference. And, and you see churches doing this so well today. Yeah. Uh, if you if you hashtag serve day fifteen or serve day sixteen or you could even hashtag uh, servolution. Mm. And it's interesting on Instagram. That there's still dozens of pictures that pop up every day. Oh wow! Hashtag servolution. Hashtag served People doing stuff. I don't know what to do. Go there mm. and imitate them. Mm. You know, go on a website and just say, okay, I think we could try that. I did serving. I, I failed at so many ideas, but I didn't fail at all of them. Mm-hmm. And so I believe that you should fail at some ideas. You're not trying anything unless you're not failing horribly at a few crazy ideas. Yeah. Well, hey, if people want to get in touch with you uh, or with the, the Servolution, is it Servolution.com? You've got it's serv- Servolution.com. It's Serveday16.com. Uh, mm-hmm. um, there's DinoRizzo.com. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, of course, you can get a hold of ARC, ARC Churches. You know, that, that, and I, I, I'm there, and it's easy to get a hold of ARC. Or Church of the Highlands, I'm, I'm on their page, as well as the ARC page. And so love to connect or have the conversation. Yeah. Uh, with that and then just on Twitter at Dino Rizzo yes yeah, Dino Rizzo on okay. Twitter yeah. perfect hey, easy thank- name to remember <laughs> thank you so much for joining us today Pastor Dino thank you so much for joining us on the show today uh, man I can't thank you enough just incredible information some super practical ways you can get out and serve in your community right now uh, and folks hey while you're listening go ahead and hit the subscribe button on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and if you don't mind, jump over and leave us a review. We'd love, uh, love to hear your thoughts on, on, uh, on the podcast. And uh, those reviews actually help us get to more people like you to inspire more leaders like yourself to help them get better. That's right. And uh, also, if you want to connect with us, we are on social media, Jared. That's true. Uh, we are on Twitter, yes. Facebook, Instagram. Yes. yes. 
at creative underscore sheep. You can find us on the internet and say hi to us. Or maybe ask us a question for the maybe one question or, you know, something like that. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you all for joining us today. We love the Creative Sheep crew. That's right. See you next time.